This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. Evening. What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Going great. John, what are you drinking? I am drinking Whistle Pig Straight Rye Whiskey, Vermont State Oak, 15 year. 15 years. Wow, that's like uh, old Van Winkle. Yeah, it can drive soon. <laughs> yeah, you should have waited. Which is what I'll be doing after I drink it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't be doing that. Maybe. <laughs> Jared, what do you got? I'm just drinking an old-fashioned with the uh, Jeffersons I bought the other weekend. Two shows in a row. Yes, sir. I am drinking Whistle Pig as well. Mine only costs a fraction of what John's bottle cost. Uh <laughs> Uh, mine is the piggyback, I think. I didn't bring the bottle over here with me. Um, aged six years. Mm. Mine's also, for a special occasion. So. It's also a rye. Rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey I cry. We should just sing on the show. If I don't get <laughs> rye whiskey. May as well, how much we do it. Steven Ornella's a big fan of singing on his show, too. Just an interesting fact. A <laughs> um, couple of things to follow up on from the last episode. I made a comment about our listener base. I don't remember what the comment was, other than it uh, being about males and females, and we're actually 86% male, 13% female, which uh, for those of you math wizards out there leaves 1% unspecified. So got to love data. That, that includes our moms. Yeah. The females probably does. Yeah. I don't know if my mom listens anymore. It's definitely not my wife. Yeah. My <laughs> wife does listen with, with a, with a critical ear, which I appreciate. So uh, our Instagram followers are a much more even split though. It seems like. So that's because we're cute. Yeah. We do, we don't look bad. No. Nah. The sun's right. right. <laughs> Golden hour. <laughs> uh then the only other thing, John had the terminal list by Jack Carr last week. And uh I listened to the audiobook in one day while I was doing yard work and that was the first time I've listened to fiction on audiobook and it won't be the last because it was pretty enjoyable at what speed uh, I think I had it at 1.8 so that's pretty good I followed along for the most part there was a couple of times especially towards the end when I was kind of I mean it I think it's a 12 hour book at normal speed so you know I was probably eight hours in or so seven hours in when they got to the redacted parts of the book how did they do that 
in the audio version. Bleeped it. Oh. (laughs) That's a good touch. Yeah. I didn't know they would like just skip right over it. Yeah, just moment of silence. It was just a long bleep bleep. Now nah, it'd be like each word, bleep, bleep, bleep like Morse codes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's it. That's all I had from the last episode. Uh, John, what do you have this week? I have True Believer by Jack Carr. There you second. go. Part deux. Jared? I have Gather at the River, and it's a collection of, of essays by 25 authors. Ooh. Have we talked about that book before at all? I feel like we talked no. about it. I think I, we just brought I, it up. Yeah. That's what I meant. Mentioned it. What you I got, have, Barry? I have got... Uh, what do I have? Uh, In the Company of Killers by Brian Christie. So I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, John, let's go ahead and hear about uh, True Believer. All right. I'm going to start off with the quote Please that's do. in the be- beginning of the book. <clears throat> Somewhere a true believer is training to kill you. He is training with minimum food or water in austere conditions day and night. The only thing clean on him is his weapon, and he made his web gear. He doesn't worry about what workout to do. His ruck weighs what it weighs. His runs end when the enemy stops chasing him. The true believer doesn't care how hard it is. He only knows that he wins or he dies. He doesn't go home at 1700. He is home. He only knows the cause. And that is attributed to an unidentified U.S. Army Special Forces instructor at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, date unknown. So I heard Jocko read that one time. He did a lot better job. I'm sure he did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like it though. Keep going. <laughs> I, I uh, I'm a slow reader out loud. I was in the slow reading group growing up. Um, but yeah, so this is second. We book all were. <laughs> Still are. Still. <laughs> uh, so this is the second book in the series. Uh, it starts off with old Jack Reese running from the law and uh, follows his path towards redemption, which was the theme of this book. The terminal list was revenge. This book was redemption. So he spends some time in Africa, getting back, uh, healing a little bit, getting back in shape, chasing down some poachers. And then he gets recruited into the CIA to help with, some a plot for an assassination of a high profile figure. Um, but uh, this one kind of continues. I thought it was read a little slower than the begin the first one. It took me two weeks to finish instead of three days, but it was still just as good, just as exciting. I thought his writing improved from his first to the second book, and um. There was a lot more redacted in this book than there was the first one. So that was a little interesting there. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to cover the third book, but I have read it. And by the, the intro into the third book, 
he gets to the point where he's frustrated with the U.S. government, stating that the stuff that they're redacting is not, it's all publicly known, and he actually encourages you to go try to figure out what is redacted and put the pieces together yourself. Oh, wow. So, um, I mean, just high quality, good read, quick read. Um, I was a little busy there for those last two weeks, but uh, I would definitely recommend that you continue reading the Jack Carr series. Yeah, Jack Carr, James Reese series. Uh, I do have a few one-star reviews, though. Why was this series ever created? Seriously, I don't see how these books get ranked so high. How many times does the author really have to mention that James Reese likes honey in his coffee? <laughs> I did I notice actually, some, some funny details like that, but I kind of like it. I like that, too. He's a trained killer. Like, he he doesn't bat an eye if he kills someone. It, right. It's kind of like it, that tough guy, I only like to drink my coffee black. Right. Kind of takes gives away from a, that a little gives bit. Gives him a soft touch. Yeah. But he in the book, too, he also does get uh, reconnected with an old friend that they'd lost touch with. So that was nice to see. Um part of the redemption story the uh i was looking at true believer at barnes and noble yesterday or today was he in russia for a spell too or am i thinking of yeah he was in the third book oh that's savage savage son yes okay so go check him out uh terminalist true believer savage son and the devil's hand and I heard him on Rogan, and book five is already done. Yeah, I, I heard him talking about that, too. Um, maybe it was Rogan or Jocko, and that basically he's already done with the book before the, that, the previous one comes out. Oh, really? So he's, he's way ahead. Yeah. It takes a while to publish this shit, so. Yeah, that's why Jocko had to start his own publishing company. He, he wasn't waiting anymore. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. He wanted to have a book out before Christmas and his publisher said they couldn't do it. So he's like, all right, then I'll just do it. <laughs> but you can't name, guess the name of his publishing company. Jocko. Yeah. Jocko Publishing. <laughs> <laughs> I love his branding. Yeah. <laughs> There's like one other quote I want to share. It's kind of a motivator kind of thing. And it talks about waking up early. Whenever he did wake up early, he felt like he was in on a secret, one that those still in bed would never know. I like that. I mm -hmm. kind of feel that way, too. I always like working real early. I like getting up, starting work at six. I get more done in those two hours than I do the next eight. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I work from, from 9.30 to 6.30 every day. And proposed to my boss the other day. They're like, hey, let me work like 7.30 to 4.30. Because I don't need to be there those hours. Yeah, you're not closing and, down uh, the store. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, my energy level. Because after 4 o'clock every day, I'm worthless just about. And so I proposed that and was pretty well ignored. But <laughs> Dang. So I work on other stuff during those times. It Sometimes happens. I sleep in. Lately, I've 
couple of times I've gotten up to run and then I'll come home and fall back to sleep for a couple hours, which I don't necessarily like, but. When I worked second shift, that's what I would do. I was training for Ironmans. I'd go swim two miles or three, come back and pass out mm-hmm. till three o'clock when I had to go into work. You can get on another Ironman training schedule. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> face said it all i am actually gonna <laughs> have access to a pool here in the next week and i'm very excited about that i don't really have easy access to one and swimming is one of my favorite activities yeah so. don't hear either the our only place with the pool is the y uh which is not a bad place and then we have like a an aquatics center that's like 250 dollars a month good night might as well just build your own pool yeah Jared, let's hear about yours. Thank you, John. Yeah. Uh, I have Gather at the River. Um, this is just a book that it <laughs> sure <laughs> is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right, all right. So it's it's a collection of, of 25 essays by 25 authors. Um, and the purpose of the, of this book is to raise money for a few nonprofits such as Take a Warrior Fishing. Um which is basically taking a, a veteran fishing um, as well as a few other uh, trying to get kids involved in fishing. But it's a, a lot of it, a lot of it is, uh, is some of them aren't specific to fishing, but majority of them are. And uh, it's, it's the author's experiences like vacations or favorite memories with the family going out on the water or or a certain day that that was uh that that is special to them and i'm going to be honest i haven't finished this book completely i kind of had to put it on pause and work on a work on another one but um i've 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 probably gotten through through about half of them uh, of these essays here And, and they're great um they're they're kind of uh I mean, a lot of them are, are childhood experiences going fishing and uh, and uh, and things like that. And some of them are pretty damn hilarious, uh, certain instances. And uh, I, I think it's great, especially reading, you know, as a kid going fishing and catching your first fish, what seems to be like a lot of these stories uh, are. Um, I don't know. I just think... I think every kid should catch a fish. Dang it. (laughs) You know, I've never caught a fish. Come on, John. I have never caught one. I will get you on a fish. You just have to come down here. I'm working on it. (laughs) I remember Hmm. the first big fish that I caught is probably about a five pound bass. And I caught it on literally a kid's fishing pole. (laughs) Dude, it, it, hadn't it, caught one since. <laughs> I'm good for about one a year. Yeah, but you you always have those memories, man, of like catching that big fish when you're when you're little. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, it's funny. I, I help out with the fisheries class at at a camp here in South Carolina called Camp Wildwood. And on the last day, we take the kids. I say kids; they're all teenagers in high school, um, out fishing troubled youths and uh, well no they're not troubled at all they're just High some schools. of them might be some of them might be i don't know <laughs> some of them might be but uh uh anyway it's kind of amazing how many of those kids haven't caught 
haven't caught a, a fish before and being able to help kids catch their first fish is like, a, I, I think like, I don't know how to explain it, but it, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a great thing. Like, Powerful I feel moment. like, yeah, I feel like that that's a responsibility that falls on, on a, on a dad or a grandfather and, and to be able to, to share that moment, man, especially if you're an angler, it means a lot. <laughs> so that, that's pretty cool. But gather at the river. Who is the author? There's 25 authors. Various. <laughs> yeah, it's all short stories, essays uh, of, of, of these people's fishing experiences. And like I said, there's one, there's, one, there's one essay in here that doesn't even include hardly any fishing at all. It's about some, some drunk babes on the beach trying to... <laughs> trying to sell trying to get dead mullet for their dad that likes fishing on the beach like in North Carolina so so that that, that one was pretty funny um, but it is out of the publisher's Hub City Press right out of Spartanburg South Carolina and Barry you actually pointed this book out at at Main Street Reads maybe that's really? where I'm thinking of yeah. it from yeah this is the one he picked out and I was like that's the one I'm gonna read yeah I remember now I like you know books like that I really like because you can read short story and short story books to the same way it's like you can just kind of have it at your bedside and yeah read one every now and then mm -hmm. not necessarily commit yourself all the way to it yeah they're all they're all short all really well written and what what, what I kind of what I do like about it is seeing that the author's different styles of writing. Mm -hmm. You have 25 different stories and not every, every one of them has a, is a different style. And they're probably not necessarily writers either. Right. Yeah. It, and there, there are not any one star reviews. Nice. Good. It's all, it's all, it's all good read. Uh, if, I would recommend it to anyone that that's an angler, fisherman, fisherwoman. Uh, if you like wetting a line, yeah. <laughs> read it. Even if you don't read it. We took my son fishing a couple years ago for his, uh, for his birthday. It was on his birthday. It wasn't necessarily for him. It was me that wanted to go fishing. Um, <laughs> but he had a lot of fun and he only caught two stingrays and he reeled in a red for a little bit uh-huh but it's funny when he was we were, we had a guide and we were fishing in the in the bay in port aransas and uh the first one he is reeling it in super pumped and our fishing guide goes oh it's a stingray and and he just dropped the pole and took off <laughs> to the other side of the boat he's like i'm out of here <laughs> It's funny. I actually have it on video. <laughs> Dang. He, actually got, he actually got two stingrays that day. Did he drop it the second time? No, the second time we were a little more prepared for it. <laughs> and then we caught some other a dogfish. Maybe we caught a bunch of junk fish. Uh, and I, I blame our guide for that because we were fishing with cut bait instead of hey live, man, live Not shrimp. all fish are junk, man. The ones we caught that day were <laughs> all fish matter. <laughs> all fish matter. But we caught a good red later that day, and and uh, we all took a turn reeling them in, and then we 
made fish tacos that night and they're really good tasty how much did that guide cost for the day uh it's a lot 500 yeah. yeah it was uh i think it was i think it was 400 for half a day and then i tipped them 100 i think maybe 50 so, and then they clean your fish too and you gotta tip that guy how, how does that uh all work like say john who hasn't fished since he is 12 wants to go fishing he just i can just walk up there and pay him 500 book it and pay him 500 dollars, and they'll do all the work for me and get me yeah. set up and yeah they'll bait your hook yeah i've done it a couple of times the the first guy i went out with kind of insisted on casting and everything too uh and then this most recent time this guy kind of he's like i'll show you how to cast once and it's on you guys from there and so and i like either way i i think it's money well spent you know it it gets you out uh it's not you know for guys like me it's not something i get to get to do every day and uh wouldn't really have the option to do otherwise so you know it's once every three years and the first time i went out with a guide we caught a bunch we probably caught 10 or 15 reds in half a day and uh the second time we caught those couple of stingrays and the dogfish and um, the one red and, and the guide was pretty adamant about making sure we got at least one. So he's not gonna, not gonna skunk you either. A good guide is going to stay out on the water as long as it takes to get you. Yeah. On some fish. <laughs> there's a, <laughs> if you guys have watched the meat eater, there's a episode where they go out uh, gig and flounder and that guy's the boat, pitchforks. Yeah, with the pitchforks. They're called gigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh that guy's boat is actually called something like uh to the uh I can't remember. I'll have to go look. It's called like till the last <laughs> one or some or, or as long as it takes. The SS mm-hmm. as long as it takes or something. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's what I want to do next time I go down there is go out at night and gig flounder because that looks fun. I think you can gig redfish in Texas too. Oh, really? I know in Louisiana you can. Or maybe that's bow fishing. How do they define? Because wouldn't it be international waters? No. I think you have. You're in the marsh. You got to get out 10 miles. No. A border or buffer. I think it's 10 miles until you're into that international water. Yeah, you're you're when you're when you're gigging, you're usually pretty close to the the shore. Yeah, now they're in like foot deep water yeah. or less, which I lost a pair of gooders in. My guy this last time, and I may have told this story before. He uh, he was from Michigan, I think, and he had gone to Port Aransas for a fishing trip, like spring break or something. And after two days, he's like, "I'm staying here." Never hadn't left since. <laughs> Lives in an RV, Port Aransas. <laughs> Probably doesn't have a care in the world. Or day. Uh, correction, real quick. It is twelve nautical miles on the international water boundary from the shore. Good to know. Then you can start gambling, baby. Yes, sir. What? Uh, why don't you look up what that flounder gigging boat's called, too? <laughs> <laughs> I, Jared, I do have a question while I'm doing that. 
in another meat eater episode, or maybe it was the same one, Ronella says fly fishermen tend to like play with the fish while what was the other type with the rod Just and conventional tackle? Yeah. That is the same episode. Like to eat the fish. Is how true is that for you? What do you mean like play the fish like Catch and release fish and throw oh, it back. I mean, I know a lot of people that catch and release with conventional tackle too. But I mean, I guess fly fishermen mostly will catch and release. Yeah, for the sport, that, I that rarely the... keep a fish. I fish a lot, dude. I I rarely, I'm rarely bringing a fish home. I just enjoy it. Yeah, JT Van Zant, who is a son of Towns Van Zant. And also a fishing guide out of Port Aransas. He doesn't like people catching them and or keeping them. I mean, yeah, he just Most wants to take pictures. They're like his best friends. And uh, now, nah, if you just want to go catch fish, it's good for business because there's more yeah. fish to catch if you don't pluck them out. He's actually the one I saw that said not to uh, after that freeze not to keep them unless you're absolutely going to eat them. Yeah, and that, keep one. I one imagine they're starting a. Uh, a uh was it under 20 release or over 20 for for specs spotted sea trout oh really what is at least that's what they did here that's we had a hard freeze a couple years ago and it killed off a lot of a lot of specs and so they're they're trying to promote a catch and release habit of specs right now huh kind of help rebound the population I hadn't heard anything like that, but I'm out of the game too. So, but I've actually Uh, never caught a sea trout. Is that boat, is it called Surrender at Sunrise? Yep, that's it. I wasn't even close, but that's it. It's kind of on that same. Yeah. We're going to fish until morning. Yeah. (laughs) So that turned into a pretty decent little discussion. Yeah. We're actually going to Port Aransas in July, but uh, probably not going to fish. If we do fish, I'll probably fish the jetties for some sheep's head, which is tons of fun, too. You can do that like a cane pole. Redneck fish. Yeah. Be out there with all the Asian ladies. (laughs) Big hat. Yo, they're good, though. The Asian ladies or the sheep's head? Asian ladies. <laughs> Good fishermen? Yeah, man, I'm serious. Gotta clarify. They got those long-ass fishing poles, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they get them from. They probably make them out of a bamboo stock or something. Bamboo fly rods, man, are like some of the finest fishing tackle you can have. I've also have never fly fished. You'd probably like it. I probably would. Probably too much. I'd be that guy that like every weekend driving nine hours <laughs> the mountains to go do Cause, it. Cause that's how far you got to go to get water. Just about <laughs> nine hours to the ocean or nine hours to the mountains. <laughs> so anyways, what book you got <laughs> i had uh in the company of killers by brian christie 
I uh, just happened to be popping around Barnes and Noble one day as I do every day because I work directly next door to it. Uh, and it caught my eye and I just picked it up and it happened to be the day the book came out. So I got it fresh off the presses. Hey. And uh, this book was uh, written by a, by a former National Geographic journalist. Uh, he was an investigative journalist uh, focusing on wildlife reporting, which uh, our main character of the book was too. And much like, oh, James Reese, he spent some time in Africa covering poaching. And so that's where this book starts out. Uh, and in the book, the CIA likes to use journalists to help uh, infiltrate whatever needs infiltrating. I assume that's probably true in real life as well. I mean, and, they are the uh, enemy of the people. Do what? They are the enemy of the people. So they've fit that role well that's true john is nice knowing you probably be the last <laughs> uh but uh anyways our character his name is uh jim clay with a k uh is one of those recorded uh, recruited to go do this and um that happens early on and got some main characters good guys bad guys uh, one of them, we've got a, the main characters are him, uh, kind of his love interest, who's a DA of sorts in, oh, Tom Clay, uh, DA of sorts in South Africa. And then a poacher and then a international businessman. And uh, it's hard to tell who is a good guy and who's a bad guy. Uh, oh, and then he got his handlers too at the CIA. And once you kind of figure out who's who, you really start rooting for the good guys and just absolutely despise the bad guys. But uh, this book's got a little bit of everything, espionage, romance, international business, backstabbing, redemption, uh, and all ultimately ends pretty happily. Um, Is this a fiction book? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but all in all, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think, I think it's a book that just about anybody could pick up and read and enjoy it. Um, it's a good, it's a good story. Not, uh, wasn't a hard read. Uh, but that being said, it didn't just blow me out of the water either. You know, I wouldn't be going around telling anybody it's the best book I've ever read. Um, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10 on my grading scale. So, but it was cool. Uh, my favorite character in the whole book was the poacher. His name was Raz Botha. And uh, he's kind of the guy in the beginning. No, I better not say that. Go check it out. Find out what you think about Raz Botha. But uh, it was good. The, the uh the main character was just kind of a, a good old boy he had his you know he had his good good traits and his bad traits and um turns out a lot of his bad traits had been things that had been conditioned into him by the CIA for a long time coming to to start using him as a um a uh an 
an asset. So definitely worth reading. It's only been out about a month, so you'd be you'd be early in on the action if you read it now. Uh, it's only about 350 pages. It took me a while over time to read it, uh, but actual reading time of the book was not very much. I read it in about four four sittings, so and uh, no one star reviews. But like I said, it's a pretty new book still, and uh, there was a two star review, and that basically just was them saying they didn't like the book that much. So definitely would be a good like summer vacation read. Um, you know, it's nothing you have to sit down and really focus on, uh, but definitely has an enjoyable storyline to it. And then he's got one other book, a nonfiction book called The Lizard King, which is about uh, reptile smugglers. Hmm. So I won't be reading it, but uh, it actually came highly praised in the reviews I read. So that sounds like something I would want to read. <laughs> the Lizard King? Yeah. Well, read it. Reptiles. <laughs> Putting it on my list. But it was good. You kind of, you know, it was, I enjoyed it because there was things that, you know, like on page 200, I would, uh, I would read something and be like, whoa, 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 you know, and like, that's different than what happened earlier. And then it all kind of clarify itself out. So when I, when I pick up on things like that, it makes it fun for me. Yeah, I always like when I'm reading something like, oh, I remember that from earlier. Yeah. He so, does like honey in his coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something funny uh, bringing that up in the terminal list when, uh, and this is a spoiler alert. So if you hadn't read it and you're going to read it, uh, press that to, 15 second forward button. Yeah. Time to earmuff it. But uh, in the terminal list, when, Early on, when they find his buddy dead from the suicide, um, James Reese noticed that the hammer on his pistol was cocked, which it wouldn't be cocked if you had just shot yourself with it. And I'm like, well, he didn't kill himself. And it never actually circled back to the hammer not being cocked, but it did circle back to him not killing himself, that being a they somebody suicided him seems like there'd be a better term for that but that's it, what it is there isn't but that's the term <laughs> <laughs> and so that book this book has a lot of that too and it really takes quite a while to hammer out who who's playing who and who the good guys are and and who the bad guys are and it also makes you think there's definitely things that you're like is this really happening and you know in real life is the, you know, how deep in all this stuff is the, is the CIA. And, uh, I was reading a little bio on, on Brian Christie, the author. And he said that he never was a CIA asset, which of course he'd say that. Yeah. He has to say that. <laughs> yeah. But he says he, he is, uh, he assumes that he's met several over the course of his life doing, doing his investigative journalism. He's actually the one that founded the investigative journalism department at National Geographic. 
I would like to state for the record that I have never been a CIA asset either. That you're aware of. That's true. Could be a Manchurian candidate, not even know. (laughs) They they planted me on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's it's crazy to think about. It's outside the scope of this show, but maybe Maybe that's a spinoff. Yeah, if we ever have another uh, cabin session, maybe we can dive into it when we're off grid. (laughs) 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 So, anyways, that's that. That was uh, In the Company of Killers by Brian Christie, available now at a bookstore near you. Oh, I have a question Um, regarding reading. We kind of like to touch on reading habits. So do you like longer or shorter chapters? Would you rather read a book that has a hundred four page chapters or four chapters? I find that I am in a better rhythm when the chapters are shorter. What I find is that I will read more. Yeah. If I can see that the next one's only four pages, I'm going to read it. I'm just going to keep reading them until there's a 10 page chapter. Mm -hmm. That's too much. I'm going to bed. I'm exactly that way. And it's funny you say that because I was just noticing that in the book we're reading now for uh, the next episode. And uh, I, and where the crawdads sing, I noticed that too. And I think writers will do it intentionally too. Uh, And where the crawdads sing, the first half of the book, the chapters were long, 20, 25 pages. And then the last half of the book, they got progressively shorter. And so Mm -hmm. I think there's a rhythm to it. And then uh, this book was kind of that way also in the company of killers. And that's how Jack Carr writes too. It's yeah. Real short chapters. I noticed that 80 something chapters, 90 chapters throughout all of his books. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely prefer a shorter chapter. I like that. You have a better place to stop. Right. Yeah. You got options. <laughs> yeah. I hate stopping in the middle of a chapter. Yeah. No, breaks. I just about won't unless I fall asleep. Yeah. Speaking of, I fell asleep last night reading this book and uh, I woke up and I felt like I'd been asleep for about four hours and it had been about three minutes, which I really love when that happens. Hell of a nap. Because it was like 10, 15. (laughs) Still wasn't even bedtime yet. Uh, So we had uh, True Believer by Jack Carr. Yes, sir. Jared's book. Yeah. <laughs> what was Gather, at the, Gather, Gather at, the at the River. Gather at the River by 25 <laughs> authors on a various, various and then in the company of killers. Um so on to the general BS of the day. We uh earlier this week, last week, posted a giveaway for bigger than the trail. And in that uh we asked you people to comment that's what we should call our fans <laughs> you people the you people club and uh what you guys do to take care of your mental health and i found the uh the results to probably not really be surprising but maybe it was a little bit um uh, and definitely indicative of our audience and also what truly helps you sort stuff out. 
Um, all of them, I think every comment had some form of strenuous outdoor activity or a uh, some kind of really engaging hobby like woodworking, um, which would probably also fall outside. And then, uh, so something that forced you to be present. And something the, meditative, yeah, almost. Yeah, or like playing guitar, you know. Uh, and then the others were family and travel. So of all the all the responses on that, they all fell within that realm. Uh, and I'd say 80% of them checked every box. And so just some food for thought. If you need to clear your head, there you go. I'd also like to add, I think for me, just make, knowing that I'm making an impact and whatever I'm doing. So it's not, whatever I'm doing is not for waste. It may be tough, but it's not just busy work. So this is even at my job. Yeah. And not just checking out or my weekend. It's just knowing that I'm doing work that matters. Yeah. Working towards a goal mm -hmm. or an inline or something. I like doing stuff that I can see a end result of. So uh, landscaping is one. Running, running does not necessarily have an end result, but you can, you can usually see the progress can definitely see the miles stack up. And it's hard to be worried about a whole lot when you're just trying to get through it. You know, the end of the end result is your, your race ultimately. Yeah. But I was like just another one trail running too. It takes that even a step further because you have to be really aware of where mm -hmm. you're placing your foot. Mm -hmm. the whole time you don't you don't get a break from that mm -mm. yep and that's meditative in its own way but just thought thought we'd share that i was going to post it on the story earlier this week and i'm like yeah, i'll just wait until it on the show so one person did not enter correctly carol mom <laughs> <laughs> you better send her some stuff I man know I, <laughs> I thought that was funny <laughs> what'd she do she just commented and said i want some swag or something i want some swag <laughs> <laughs> Send her a and, sticker. and then i replied saying i bet we can help you out with that and she goes you better jared knows my address or something <laughs> 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 uh, uh so anyways the reason we did that giveaway is because it's bigger in the trail block party is this weekend we're mm -hmm. all participating Jared's running a 50k, which John thought was a joke at first, and then uh, I'm doing 10 miles, and John's doing a 5k, which I think might be a joke. Hey, I'm doing it. <laughs> I think I'm doing a 50d, 50 decameters. <laughs> but uh, thanks everyone for participating, supporting bigger than the trail. Uh, it's good, good cause when we can get behind. We're not affiliated with them in any way other than our friendship to uh, Tyler Owens, who's one of their ambassadors. So they're there for the people who can't, who the running is not enough mm -hmm. or the whatever you do, is, it's not enough. They, they provide help for those people that need counseling. Mm-hmm. It's a good cause, and all the all the proceeds from the run go directly to supporting them. So, 
uh, I've got all kinds bigger in the trail uh, merch all of a sudden. So I, uh, I ordered some, I ordered, yeah, the hats are real nice. And then I ordered uh, some shirts to wear. And I don't know why I even bother ordering shirts anymore because I buy extra larges and they're every extra large shirt is meant to fit a a large fit man not a large unfit man such as myself so they don't ever fit right maybe one day we're chipping away at it slowly but surely oh i will be running 50 hectometers 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 that ought to be easy in time just go one one hectometer and then 49 more yes sir that's going to be my mindset for the Paladero 50, the 50. That's 500 hectometers. Uh, sorry, you're doing the 50 mile, not the 50. Km. Yeah. Wouldn't it be? Oh, yeah, it would be 500. It, that's 800 hectometers. <laughs> Thank you. So I just got to do one and then take one down, pass it around, and <laughs> 799 to go. Uh, oh, man. I was watching the Cocodona 250 miler. That stuff was crazy. The guy I was following, uh, Andrew Glaze, the it, the picture he posted, he took a selfie at the end, and he looked so – I mean, he looked barely alive. He had a bloody nose. He had probably lost 15 pounds, and he probably only had 14 to lose to begin with. If even – his shoes looked like they had been melted – and uh, kind of made me want to go do it. Jared, what do you think about all that? I don't know, but I watched the race for about 20 minutes. All they talked about was tacos, so I stopped watching it. Yeah, the, they had vegan tacos at the aid stations. Uh, I didn't see any running, which I was – No, the, the live stream wasn't great. Um, I was just following, following that guy's Instagram story that was running it. And uh, – What's his name? Andrew Glaze. Andrew Andy, Glaze. Andy Glaze. Yeah. And, uh, man, he was looking like a run-over goat. <laughs> he was struggling after about mile 30. And this Which is insane. Yeah, this dude's a hoss, too. So, it's not like he wasn't prepared. Um, he's run – what was the last I saw? 60, 100-plus-mile weeks in a row. And he had done something like maybe, I want to say, maybe 25 or 30, 200-mile weeks in a row. And, uh, man, he was just in the shits from the get-go in this thing. Was that all in preparation for this race? I I don't know. I want to say yes, but I could be lying. I hadn't talked to him, so. But uh, yeah, he was he was he was struggling after thirty miles, which he had done in like you know six hours, and he's out there for five days. <laughs> Still is, dug, dug and finished. Yep, dug out of it. I don't be, know if I be could be hard do it. when it gets hard. Yeah, I don't. Man, that just it's a whole other level, man. I want to try. I'll I'll crew for you. I want to do Moab though. I think 
John just come and I do will it, crew. Drew. We'll let John crew. No, I'll pace you. For what? Two hundred and thirty of it? No, I'll do. I'll do some legs. I'll break it up so I can get a beer. You can get a beer while you're running. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that that would be a good time. I want to watch this mid-state mile. Oh, man, the mid-state mile I just recently learned of, and that thing looks pretty brutal, too. Yeah. What do they call that? Like Murder Hill or something? Murder Murder Mile. mile. Yeah. Murder Mile. (laughs) Going uphill for a mile? No. So it's a one-mile loop. It's Uh got 340 feet of elevation gain. (laughs) And you, they start a new lap every 20 minutes. And it's a last man standing event. So you have to complete your mile in 20 minutes. Oh shit. And the last man standing wins. And actually and if if you if you're the last person and you're the only person to go on that last lap and you don't finish in 20 minutes, there's no winner. Oh wow. I like these quirky ones. What's the other one? The Barkley, the Barkley Marathon. It's kind yeah. of quirky too. Um, I think Everyone Chad Chad Wright's the one that puts that on. Do you guys follow him? He's a good he's a good mix of Jocko and Goggins. I don't know if he puts Wait, it on, but he won it Bar- last the year. Barkley? No, no the mid oh. the mid what is oh, it the mid state mile? Yeah, he won it last year. I don't know if he puts it on. He won his own race. I don't I don't know who. Yeah, he may not be the one putting it on. He's getting ready to go for it again though. It's like Tiger Woods winning his own tournament. Don't no, you still got to show up and perform? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that about golf. It don't matter how easy the golf course is, you still got to hit fairways and greens and make some putts to shoot a sixty-eight. Which uh, I've been playing quite a bit of golf lately. I say that I played two rounds, which feels like a lot. I hit the range for the first time in 2021 this past weekend. It was not pretty. (laughs) It was not pretty. Usually isn't. (laughs) I shot 93 the first round out, but I was, (laughs) I uh, had overindulged in some lots of stuff. So, and then uh, shot 80 the second round, 44 on the front, 36 on the back. So I think I'm back. I think I've got my back in the groove. That's a very price round. It sure is. Very price <laughs> round if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, playing this weekend too. I'm just going to, it's going to be a Sunday thing. I made myself a tea time for not this weekend, but next weekend for the first time since you and I played, Jared. Ooh, buddy. You going to hit some golf balls or what? Yeah, I'm going to uh, hit some. I'll, I'll start hitting some golf balls once I move up there next week and then be out there at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Of course. Briar out there Creek. at the crack? Briar Creek? Yeah. I've heard of that one. Well, I haven't heard of it. Is it nice? Or it's nice, it? but it's it's private. I don't, I don't know what would. Oh, it's man. not like a big name one. Well, I guess there's a million things named Briar around here, so. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. John, you going to uh, get you a gin number, establish a handicap? I probably will at some point. You ought to, just so you can measure yourself. Yeah. Be honest about it, too, for crying out loud. John, you have to measure yourself. 
Garmin will keep up with your handicap too. They do you wear your watch when you're playing. Yeah, hell yeah. I can't. I can't either. What do you mean? It rubs. I get a. I get like don't, a. Don't put it halfway up your arm, man. Put it right on your wrist. It is right on my wrist. Mine that, restricts that my mo- my down. wrist movement. I think. I also have a fuck. That might be a good thing. On my on my left hand. So you have a what? Fucked up wrist. Yeah. It's got a fucked up wrist. I broke my arm when I was in sixth grade and it was pretty nasty. Jared, I got I got something to say to you just while we're thinking about it. I mentioned that my ankle hurt after playing golf a couple weeks ago, which it did. Yeah. I have a violent swing and uh, (laughs) and a bad ankle. And the golf I, shoes. You need I'm, some golf shoes. I was wearing golf shoes. Oh. And uh, I mentioned that I didn't go I run. But you didn't like golf shoes. I didn't until I got these shoes. Are they trues? No, they are. Uh, oh, so hold on. I'm going to lead right into now. this saying that don't these even shoes. Don't want to talk to you right now. I'm going to lead into it saying that these shoes were given to me okay. at a golf tournament. You want them? No, they were given. It was like a thanks for paying five thousand dollars playing this golf tournament oh, here's a pair you. of shoes i didn't pay it my employer did but uh i really like these they're four g i don't know g4 oh okay i've heard about those, those. and they are nice a zero drop nope i don't know the specs no but they're i've nice. tried a true <laughs> zero drop yeah I, I i've been trying to find my some. trues <laughs> and then buried Barry got me off golf shoes and then what? Yeah, dude, order me. some trues tonight. They you will not regret them. I wore my trail running shoes forever playing golf until I got these. Yo, go wear your speed goats. <laughs> <laughs> I might, you're gonna I might. be topping every ball, <laughs> <laughs> be an inch taller. But so, I have a question on that too is I only been playing in carts for the rest most of my life but this this car, course i'm playing that's a walking course mm-hmm. oh really do i need to get do i need to get golf shoes trues just for the walking so i don't slip and fall and nah golf shoes would be more for your golf swing okay so it's not, not gonna tra- provide me much traction nah walking down a wet hill no nah. but uh that's actually where i was going with this i told jared my ankle hurt and he goes, your ankle hurts from riding 18 holes of golf. And so I was a little pissed off that she just assumed I was riding, which I was. But my ankle hurt from swinging the damn golf club 93 times is why my ankle hurt. Combined with being 75 pounds overweight and running more miles than I probably should be. And Those of us who have been swinging the club in. 104 times around. <laughs> don't feel bad for you yeah, it's only 11 more it's probably all on putts i've actually been hitting the ball really good my 93 was probably 40 putts in there easily <laughs> maybe 50 <laughs> a lot of three putts in yeah. there <laughs> there was a couple of four putts maybe even a five putt mm. i put it better though this last the time. old four putt but uh, and my ankle felt better last time, and I think that's because I've gotten new running shoes, which I should have done six months ago. But here we are, live and learn. And you're in hokas. These true shoes are right up my alley. That's what I'm saying, dude. 
They're freaking nice, man. I got the OGs and they're mm, they're money. Man, these shoes are nice. I like those. He could wear those to brunch before he played. Yeah. So that's enough anyway, of that talk. Jared, how's your you drink any coffee today? Nope, no coffee. I haven't had I had I haven't had a cup of coffee since but yeah, I had one Saturday. No, I had one Sunday. I didn't even finish the cup. Did you have a headache on Sunday though? No. I don't know. This wasn't your half marathon this last week. It was two weeks no. ago. I uh when I started to cut back, I had a pretty bad headache for about Capping two days. Headache. Yeah. What is triggering real. that? Just because uh, I just wanted to cut back. I was like, I need to cut back my coughing, my coughing, caffeine, caffeine. <laughs> caffeine intake. And uh, anyway, so you, you just don't drink coffee? Not anymore. I then I, I, then, I then I went, then I went yeah. to tea. What is even and, the uh, point of getting out of bed? In the yeah, like, that's the only know. reason I <laughs> exist. No, don't. I, I, think, I, love, I, think, I love coffee. I love coffee. Don't get me wrong, but I just I felt like I needed to break break the habit. I don't think I could do it. I think I Let's could see. give up lots of things I enjoy before I could give up drinking coffee. I mean, it sucks the first week. I'm gonna be honest. I, I will make it till two o'clock and be like, "Why the fuck do I have the worst headache in the world?" It's, it's real. I'm starting gallon number two by two o'clock usually. Here's if usual. I if I haven't had coffee at two o'clock, I'm not having a good day. Yeah, yeah, something's <laughs> out of sorts. Yeah. Here's a usual day for me. I'll have one cup at home, a big cup. It's actually two cups at home. I will get to work. One berry, two cups. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to work and I'll make another cup in the Keurig. To tie me, tied me over until the cafe opens at Barnes and Noble, at which time I will go get a five shot cappuccino and I'll drink that. And then at about three o'clock every day in the afternoon, I go back and I get another one. Another just looked just around, a cup of coffee. Barry just looked around to make sure his wife didn't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty how sure much? How much is a five shot espresso? Uh, or is that you say it was an, an americano? Cappuccino. Cappuccino. So I'm slapping some dairy in there too. Yeah. To really make sure things aren't out of are out of balance. Uh, it's about six dollars after my Barnes and Noble discount. That is a high price, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only <laughs> when does the breakfast burrito go make its way in there uh i actually hadn't uh been on my breakfast burrito game like i used to but uh i usually get one of those on saturday if i get one i have a barnes and noble right across the street from my new living quarters oh man lucky you I'm, I'm glad I don't live by this thing. It's bad enough that I work by mm. it. Yeah. I always wonder, of course, I know everybody in there now, but I always wonder if people are like, what is this dude doing in here again? Because I go in there, I mean, two, three times a day, easy. And I don't, I go walk around too. I don't just go into the cafe. It's like 
when I need to just get up from my desk, I'll go over there and walk around, you know. Get a cup. Yeah. I do oh, still love it. Maybe of, I'll cut that afternoon coffee here before too long. Are you ever concerned about getting Giardia from your coffee at the Sparks and Noble? Nah, I probably should be, but... If we're in the wilderness. So in the wilderness, I don't drink as much coffee. Because it's little, it's inconvenient. I think it's easier than ever. Well, it's easy, but... You, you just get some instant coffee, pow! Nice cafe. You still got to you still got to boil water. I guess you don't have to. That takes about one minute. It didn't take one minute. Not at five thousand feet with an empty yeah. canister. Yeah, You're right. Not at Caprock Canyons with a forty mile an hour north wind blowing. <laughs> All your heat's going. Right <laughs> <before> <laughs> <even>. <laughs> I was. Uh, I don't know if I told the the story of my parking debacle ever. But uh, I had three different park rangers tell me to park in three different places. <laughs> and uh, at stop number two, I was trying to get my water boiling so I can make some coffee. And a park ranger comes up to me and tells me I got to go park somewhere else. And uh, what really pissed me off here is later I come back and there's people parked where I was. And it's way, way more convenient spot. But uh I was out on my tailgate trying to brew my coffee, and he told me to go move. I don't think and the I, rangers like you. Well, I had a bad go at Caprock. I don't know why. It's my you only. You had a rough outing. I did. I did tell the story about getting patted down. I know yeah. that. Um, I don't know. They're just after me, you know. I've, Amber told me a similar story after after hearing last show. Uh, they 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 had a similar situation about you and Tyler getting shaken down. They 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 had to pour a lot of alcohol out from. Really, they made them pour it out. Yeah, pour it out. Was she of age? Yeah, she I think this mine? was recently. Wow, that uh, I would probably leave the park before I would pour alcohol out. I can't remember what park she was. I think it was Bastro. I'd go get a fucking hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these shoes are sexy. Just buy them right now, John. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. They, they feel amazing. We're talking about the true OG shoes. Are you looking at the OGs? Yeah, the premiums. Ooh. You know, the state, think... the state parts just say no public consumption of it. Which I interpret as don't be bonging beers in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> oh, it wasn't Razorback baseball games. We it's in a red solo it. cup. We just had to pour it in a cup. That's good. Yeah. In the cooler. Mm-hmm. It's allowed. So I would you know, I've been uh I've been a little salty with Texas Parks and Wildlife all year. That's probably why they shook me down, they knew. But that's enough of that. <laughs> They're tracking you. Good service. <laughs> They're in with the CIA. <laughs> Getting after me. Uh anyways, you guys got any closing thoughts? Oh, this will be my last episode from this current studio. I'll move into my new studio for the next one. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna you gonna make it look like a UFO? I probably <laughs> got nothing better to do. Yeah. John. How was your graduation, man? Oh, was- yeah, shit, John. 
John Dunn went and got an MBA while we've been. <laughs> it was good. I was glad I went. Uh, the University of South Carolina Chancellor was there and spoke, and that was pretty cool. He used to be the superintendent of West Point. Whoa, that's cool. Wow. He actually got in trouble a few days later at the 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 big university mm-hmm. ceremony. He said the University of California. Did he keep yeah. rolling with it? Did he keep no, going, no, or did he, he correct himself? And corrected himself after people started booing. Oh, and then man. apparently he plagiarized a quote from that University of Texas admiral the make your bad guy. Oh yeah. McRaven or whatever. Yeah. And so he went and offered his resignation, but they didn't accept it. Mm. But I, I really enjoyed his speech. I thought it was a good one and it was interesting. I was glad he was there. That's cool. It's good. They even had a graduation. Well, we, we were going to do it outside, but inclement weather uh, forced them inside. They, they made the decision two days early or whatever. So it actually was pretty nice, but it cut the ceremony in half because they did two for social distancing. And our ceremony was only an hour long. So that was beneficial for yeah, me. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. My, uh, when I graduated with my MBA, that, that thing was like half day. Yeah. <laughs> it was I graduated cool. from a big university with my uh, bachelor's degree and we left early. Yeah. <laughs> we had about 5,000 more names to call out. Really? Like, we're out of here. Get up and walk out. Right in the yeah. Right across the floor. <laughs> wave at everybody. Right. Uh, yeah. Twirl in your hat. Uh, my parents had already ducked out. <laughs> we did. After that type. Please stay for the whole thing. Get to, yeah, get to DU and they're gone. So, well, good. Congratulations, John. Proud of your hard work. Appreciate it. 4.0 paid off. All up here from all uphill from here. Yep. And now it's like it's just a thing of the past. Yep. Jared, appreciate it. When are you going to get your MBA? Well, good thing is, I don't need one. You say that now. I didn't think I needed one. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want one, though? Not at this current moment. Yeah, I don't really want mine either. (laughs) (laughs) Put unrealistic expectations. Not right now, man. Not right now. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it. We got a got a big episode coming up next after this one. Uh, Super excited about it. Going to be a little different from the norm, and uh, I think all of our listeners are going to love it. So, I'm excited. Tuned episode 30. Whoa, this is episode 29, uh, which means the next one is 30. John, you got an MBA, you ought to understand that. Yeah, that's pretty logical (laughs) to me. (laughs) Can you go over that again? Yeah, so 29. If you add another one to it, uh-huh. it becomes 30. I know Matt, oh, they're trying me, to make it kind of, they're trying to yeah. gray it up a little bit. Yeah. Let me put it, put this in the calculator. To you got a calc? It. Yeah, we're good. Is that a T89? <laughs> uh, whatever it is. I don't know. 83. 83. Oh, yeah. That may not. That, that yeah, we may. Right. That's, <laughs> that's dated technology there. At my old work, I, I don't know if this is industry wide, but at my old job, they, 
calibrated the calculator by doing 10 different mathematical functions on it to make sure that they were correct before they would allow us to use them. Are you being serious? Yeah. Yeah, and you worked there for how long? Eight years? <laughs> Nine almost. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, y'all stay tuned for episode 30. It'll be good. And listen to 29, which you have if you're here. So I'll take that back. I appreciate That's, it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us this yeah. time. <laughs> All right. Night, fellas. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you and we'll see you next time.